Welcome to Ag State of Mind, a podcast that examines the stresses affecting producers of agriculture and how to alleviate these stresses and improve farmers' lives. In this podcast, we discuss openly the mental health crisis that is occurring in the agricultural community and what we can do to help turn it around. Now here's your host, Jason Meadows. Welcome to this episode of the Ag State of Mind podcast, a proud member of the Global Ag Network. I'm your host, Jason Meadows, and today, as you can see, if you're watching this on audio, I'm coming to you from my newly remodeled office and studio. I don't have all the soundproofing in here yet like I'd like to have, so you will have a little bit of an echo. I apologize for that. That's going to be a short-term thing. This office has been a long time coming. This it's was a catch-all for us for a lot of the last four years since we did our renovation, but we made a commitment to making it better, and I am so glad to be here with you guys today recording from this newly remodeled space. So today what I'm going to be talking about is about working cows and how to make something that used to be a really stressful situation uh, a little bit more enjoyable. So for those listening, maybe I know there are people who listen to this podcast who just really aren't as involved in agriculture. They might be a little bit familiar with it, or maybe they're just not involved with cattle enough to know what I'm talking about. So uh, what is working cows? So working cows is what we usually call the processing of cattle. That's when we give vaccinations. That's when we do weaning, castrating of the bull calves, just it's kind of like your cow herd maintenance. It's kind of like your oil change for your car. You just do some maintenance. You, uh, you know, you pull the older cows, the cold cows, the cows that you're going to sell, and you take them to the market. You wean your calves. Just a thing to kind of, like I say, change the oil on your herd. It's a maintenance thing. Uh, we do it twice a year. We do it in the fall and then in the spring. The fall is usually around Thanksgiving. Spring is usually around Memorial Day. So why did I want to talk about this? Like I said at the beginning, it's something that I think almost anybody who lives on a cattle operation will identify as a potentially stressful situation among family members, not just family members, but among whoever whoever's doing the working. I've seen so many like TikToks, Facebook posts, making light of all the mean, hurtful things that could be said uh, while you're working cows. And I, and don't get me wrong, I appreciate tongue-in-cheek humor. I was brought up on tongue-in-cheek humor, and I think to be live a rural life, that's part of it. But at the same time, it doesn't have to be a super stressful thing. A couple of years ago, and it really changed the way we do this and really started to become intentional a couple of years ago. So in the fall, when we work our calves, that's usually when we wean our spring calves. And the, the spring calves are our 4-H animals that the, boy, that the boys usually take to the county fair in the summer. Um, and so Levi was talking to Carrie about it one time. And he was talking about how excited he was that it was almost time to work cows. It was almost a time to get a steer and heifer for the fair. But you know, it wasn't as fun as it could be because dad, me, was so mean, so he gets so mad and hateful with the kids. And, you know, she told me that a couple of years ago, and it just kind of stopped me in my tracks and like, what am I doing? Why would I make something that is a family event, something that is should be super enjoyable to all of us, uh, 
stressful. I mean, it's, it's not worth it. It's just something that, you know, it's, it's too fun. It should be something that we are all doing together. It's a family activity. We are all blessed to live this lifestyle to where we can do that. So I decided at that time to make some changes. Now, before I get started here telling you about the changes I've made, I'm not perfect. I screw up this up almost always when we work out. But I think everybody involved in the operation will tell you that there is a palpable difference when there is a better attitude around that. And the flare-ups that would normally come just aren't there as much anymore. So I'm going to talk to you about some of the things that I've done to make it better around our operation. Uh, The first thing is outside help. For the longest time, we would do it just in family. Uh, It would be, a lot of the time, it would be just Carrie, Levi, and I uh, before the before the little boys. Well, Boone's really still not big enough to help, and Carter Cooper just barely are. But it would just be us, and we would work like 150 cows in one day. And man, that was a stressful, stressful situation. And but if Carrie got me to make sure I would have somebody come and help, uh, a guy that would help our family a lot. So he was supposed to come. Something happened. I don't remember what it was. He couldn't make it that day. So I actually sent a church out to those of you who may go to my church, same church as I go to Church Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, uh, LDS Church. I sent out a message to my elders quorum. Uh, Elders quorum are kind of like men of my age you know, dads, older gentlemen, uh, not kids, to come and help us see if there's anybody who wanted to come help. I just wanted bodies there. I just wanted people there who I could just, just maybe fill a gap or something, you know. And we had such an overwhelming response from that. There were, in fact, I think there were probably too many people there after, you know, after it was all said and done, which, I mean, it was, it was a great, I was very blessed to have that. But we realized that that really was the, and I know it, Levi said it to me that day. That was the funnest day he's ever had working cows. So I decided like every time that we are going to work cows, we're going to have people from church come out help because if it's people who come out there and volunteer their time, you're obviously going to be less likely to snap at them or, or, or tell them, say something hateful to them, you know, just being a little bit of preventative. And especially if it's people from church, you know, you're not going to use those words that are so prevalent a lot of the time when you're working cows. So I always joke, I, my Bishop comes out, Bishop is kind of like, he's kind of like in our church, he's kind of like the preacher would be in a lot of other Protestant or like a priest in a Catholic church. Um, he can't, he's been out here this, I think two, three, four times. I can't even remember now brought his family. Um, it's, he just plans on doing it with us every time now. Now that's so awesome. I just, I'm so thankful that he even brought his brother down this past fall and helped us. So, I mean, it's become just like this recurring tradition. I think it's awesome to have that group of people who I can always depend on. So, one other, another thing that we do, I make sure to clear the schedule that day. You know, I used to be, and I think this goes along with just my paradigm shift in general, not always wanting to have to be so busy or always wanting to get my, as many things off the checklist uh, in a short amount of time as possible. But, you know, so like I fear, I found out we'd, when I'd have stuff planned after working cows, whatever it may be, I would be in a rush. You know, we'd always be in a rush. Got to get this done. We got to get this done because we've got other stuff to do, other stuff to do. But whenever I cleared the schedule and made it, 
you know, a little bit more relaxed. We, we weren't in such a hurry. There's this old cowboy saying, you know, slow down, we're in a hurry. And that's exactly how it turned out. I mean, we ended up actually probably getting done faster than we would um, than when we were in a hurry. And, you know, that's another, another blessing to this operation, to this family that we had, is that we were able to clear the schedule, make that our priority that day. This one, this part, Probably a lot of you will find hilarious and, and at least in the least a little bit comical. Carrie doesn't help working cows anymore. Uh, she, uh, for the longest time, uh, we've been married. This year will be 12 years. And we worked, she helped me work cows for the first eight or nine years of the marriage. But we found out that, you know, we would fight. We would fight when we worked cows. And I think that's pretty common among a lot of cattle families is that the, the spouses fight and you know the guy a person who's in charge who's me a lot of times it's the man he probably will say some things to his wife that don't need to be said and are said in the heat of the moment and he's mad and you know Carrie we decided that there's no place there's no reason if I can have all these people come and help and I have the boys helping there's no reason for her to be out in there and It'd be easy for me to just shoot off at her. Now, that's not to say she doesn't help in some form. She absolutely helps and probably in more integral ways than she was before. Uh, if I need some extra vaccine, she goes to the, to the farm store and gets that. She either makes everybody lunch or she goes and gets pizza and brings it back for everybody to have on the tailgates of our truck. You know, she watches kids for people who come over and help. Um, so she's serving in a way that is, to me, even more valuable than it would be for her to actually be in there doing the hands-on things. Now, she does do that. We have some small operations, some small times working gals where it's not a big group. She will help, and she'll just be down there, especially when uh, we're dealing with some of our pet cows. Uh, I call them pet cows, ones that were former show cows that we still have around here. She likes to mess with them. She loves to go out and check the heifers when it's time for calving. Working cows, it's just not her thing. And I'm blessed that we both realize that and we've moved past that and we understand that it's okay for her not to help in that in that capacity. And so this this is the this last thing here is something that I don't want to say that I was embarrassed that it wasn't as good as it used to be, but maybe I was. And and it's okay because I, I I've improved on that. And that's stockmanship. Taking your time understanding the cattle, not trying to force them to do the things that aren't necessarily comfortable for them. That is super important when you are handling cattle, especially in tight quarters. Stressed cattle don't do the things that you want them to do. They they get nervous. They're just like humans. They get nervous. And when they get nervous, they make terrible decisions. That's when they bust a gate or get their foot through a fence and break a leg or something like that. So whenever you're being more calm, and this goes back to not being in a hurry when we were talking about earlier about not scheduling anything else. You know, when we go in and we're trying to be more mindful, more intentional, have better stockmanship, try to understand what the natural flow of cattle is, that's made it so, so much easier on our operation. And, you know, those are the few things that I could really like that I really could highlight that have really helped us. But I put this message out to my private Facebook page. If you want to become a part of that, find us on Ag State of Mind on Facebook. 
click join on that. I'm glad to have you. It's a great community where we're doing a lot of learning, a lot of more in-depth talk. In fact, these videos from these Beef Tips podcasts, they are going to be uh, exclusively there very soon. So a few things, Daniel Hayes, my buddy Daniel Hayes from South Carolina, he says that his family always has a prayer beforehand. And, you know, that's something we don't do it the day before, the day of, we always do it the night before though, plan for everything to go smooth, for us to be patient, for the cattle to cooperate, having a prayer, having the spirit with us, that is absolutely essential to what we do as well. Good facilities. This is something of good facility. I had a number of people in the group say this, it is, it can make all the difference in the world. However, as if you can have the top dollar best facility in the world, it's not going to make up for poor stockmanship. So I just always want everyone to be mindful of that. Stockmanship is key. And then the facilities come later. Uh, I shouldn't say they come later. They're always a great investment, but make, they, they work synergistically. You can't cover up poor stockmanship with good facilities. And really... Other things people talked about are things I talked about, becoming more mindful of stockmanship, trying to emulate what the cattle are really trying to do instead of forcing them into doing something, and just really slow down, enjoy the process. It's a fun thing. It can be a fun thing. It's going to be stressful sometimes. And, you know, like I said at the beginning, I screw up. I'm not perfect at doing this, but I think everyone involved here will tell you that I am so much better than I was you know, four or five years ago, just because I'm making these small little adjustments. Um, and I think this is applicable to everybody, no matter, no matter if you're not working cows or not, if you're just in any sort of stressful situation, these are all things that being slowing down, not being in such a hurry, being more mindful, trying to surround you yourself with the kind of people that are going to help you do a good job. These are all, this is applicable lessons, not just in agriculture, but in life in general. So I feel like this podcast kind of transcends agriculture and, and transcends working cows. So I am very appreciative of you guys tuning in here today. Thankful for you being patient with me in this new office. It's not going to last like this long where uh, I don't have the audio quality like I would previously have it, so it's going to be back. But I wanted to get this out today because it's been on my mind. I'm really excited. And something I want to talk about right here at the end, and this is going to be a little bit of preview of something that's going to come in the next week or two. If you follow along on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, I had someone, I had an animal rights activist find my page on Instagram and say some just really, really nasty things about me. And, you know, I think I dealt with it probably better as, as good as I could have and probably better for sure than I would have when I first started this journey. So what it kind of started a little bit of a fire in me and I'm going to talk to my friend, Marky Hagman, who has been on the podcast before girls eat beef too on all across uh, social media. And she and I are going to sit down and talk to just kind of map out what it's like to go through that sort of situation when you have an animal activist attack you online and say some nasty things and what the proper course of action in that is. So appreciate you guys always listening here. Screenshot this, tell your friends about it. If you're viewing this online, share it with your friends. Let them know about the Ag State of Mind podcast because we want to reach as many people as possible and fulfill our mission of making rural America healthy again. So appreciate your time. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Ag State of Mind. 
We hope this episode has encouraged you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ag State of Mind. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. See you next week.